the current ambassador of the United States to Singapore. You take credit for Taylor Swift. Of course, 100%. <laughs> Has there been instances in which you've disagreed with the administration? Yes. Zoop. We have leveled up. We're having our very first ambassador on the show. This is your daily catch up. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today we have a man here with us. We, we have Usually up. we don't, but <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Jonathan Eric Kaplan, who is the current ambassador of the United States to Singapore. Welcome. 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 Thank you. Yay. Thanks for having me. It's very official. Very official. Yeah, yeah, yeah very official, official. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, I so, yeah. so a, a bit of a background is that... You need a pin. I can give you a pin. <laughs> oh! What oh, oh, an honor! Knighthood! Knighthood! The CIA is like, I have him. <laughs> but he's Malaysian. Okay. Yeah, none of the flag. None of the flag. None of the Honor. Oh, yeah, wow. you now you are the ambassador. <laughs> no. The <laughs> does not make the ambassador. The president, the president and the Senate make the ambassador. So Mr. Ambassador has been in this role for about two years now, since okay. December 2021. And essentially, ambassadors are the highest ranking diplomats of the US. Mm. And you were actually appointed by current US President Joe Biden. Yes. Oh, so okay. are your friends? Are we friends? Yeah. Like if I mm. ask him, do you know who is Jonathan? He will know. Yes. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, for sure. So you have him on like speed dial, you can like call him straight away. No. Oh. Most of my friends I don't have on speed dial. Okay. That's true. No, no, no one has a speed dial. Right? No one has speed dial anymore. Yeah, speed dial. Come on. Like you can press one, then you will and call. She really explained it. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the Gen Z had to explain speed dial. Anyway, so do you have a bulletproof car then? I do, yes. Whoa! Okay. What's, okay. what's different about your, your vehicle, your car? It's designed to make sure that I remain safe under all situations. Right. We go down there, it's a Toyota Vios. <laughs> it has to be unassuming. Yeah, that's yeah. super. It has to be an American brand. Other right? than my embassy, it's the safest place I can be. So if anything was to go wrong anywhere, immediately they try to put me in this car because it's see. quite safe for me there. Okay. And anything can go wrong. And, and it could be anything. could be earthquake, could be lightning. It doesn't have to be, you know, all these guys come out of the sky or nuclear weapons. Or it, none of these things. It could be anything. Yeah. In many movies, right, especially like in the Fast and Furious series, like whenever uh, an American is like, in danger, yeah. like outside of America, they always try to run to like the embassy just so like once they touch the ground, right, they're completely safe. Is that true? Is that how it works? It's like the yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great question. Yeah. I've always wondered. It's like touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like 90% true. Oh, I think if you're American and you feel like you're being persecuted, if you're American and you feel like you're unsafe, if you come to the embassy, that's a very safe place to be for sure. But you can't stay there forever. That's the other 10%. You can't, okay. you can't do something bad, come into the embassy and expect that, yeah. okay, now you're free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know? Right. No, but you might be safe for that period of time till you we mean? figure out what to do. <laughs> if the police car chase yeah, that's what I was say. an yeah. American yeah. and they cross into your building compound, yeah. the police has no jurisdiction. Singapore police. That really? Unless we allow them. So it's like over wow. here cannot arrest, then over here can arrest like that. Because yeah. they always say like it's, it's American soil. It's like DMZ. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, wow. Yeah. My car is the same way. My car is considered to be part of America. <gasps> oh, so if he can jump safe. inside your car, he's safe. So you can like smoke How's weed. How's he going to get in there? <laughs> Depends what's there. Oh, you want him to smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> this is the only thing you're thinking about. <laughs> You were actually recently on a trip to the US with our DPM Lawrence Wong. Yes. How was that? Well, it started out great. Oh um, no. Yeah, it started out great. No, it's true. It started out great. We went to visit um, Singaporean troops in Arizona. We got to meet many of uh, the Singaporean pilots. I don't know if your audience knows this, but uh, Singapore trains uh, your military pilots in the United States because we have a lot more land Mm. than in Singapore. In Singapore, you take off, you have to land already. (laughs) Or you're in Malaysia or Indonesia before you look around. But in the United States, we have quite interesting training grounds that make it easy easy for your pilots to learn. And this was the first time the DPM had a chance to meet some of the pilots, also see what we're doing at Luke Air Force Base. Right. So the trip, okay. yeah, the trip started out great. But then we went to Washington, D.C. And <laughs> unfortunately, Hamas decided to... Oh, uh, oh it happened mm. while you were there. Exactly. And so a lot of our attention was on how do we ensure that terrorism doesn't uh, continue to spread in the Middle East? How do we prevent... Hamas from continuing to kill Israeli citizens? How do we make sure that Israel's response to terrorism is in their best interest in that they can protect themselves, but also that innocent civilian casualties are kept to a minimum and that peace and security in the region can be restored. And so we were very interested in talking about this topic. It was the topic that really loomed over everything we were doing. We tried quite hard to spend the time and energy on economic issues, on energy issues, on trade-related issues. But frankly, every time we sat down, we were talking about peace in the Middle East. Mm. I see. So is this typically what Uh, your role as an ambassador encompasses? Uh, That's a great question. I think what makes being an ambassador so exciting is every day is totally different. My priorities, of course, are the safety and security of American citizens, of my mission, and Mm. of Singapore, and Singaporean citizens, and we spend a lot of time on that. But I also work on economic issues. I work on people-to-people ties, helping Singaporeans come to study in America, helping oh, uh, right. Americans come to study in Singapore. I work on all kinds of uh, of different issues every single day, and that's what makes being an ambassador quite different than anything else I've done in my career. Okay, you mentioned a lot of your time is spent making sure that Americans in Singapore are safe. Mm. What what? What does that actually entail for you in Singapore when nothing happens? <laughs> That's because I'm doing a good job. Hey. Hey. No wonder you see Canadians getting killed. <laughs> Just to kind of peel it back a little bit, I think early on you were mentioning that um, only the president and the Senate kind of dictates or like decides who becomes ambassador. So what was that process like? Like how did you end up getting nominated? And was there a chance that the Senate might actually say, nope? Yeah, surprisingly, there wasn't an ambassador here for five years before mm. I got here. And one mm. of the reasons is because the Senate said no. Okay. So, <laughs> no, as in we will not send someone to Singapore. So there were places where the former administration nominated positions, and those positions were not uh, accepted or consented by the Senate. Mm. Right. And I was quite fortunate. I was unanimously confirmed by the Senate, which means all Damn. Republicans and all Democrats thought that I was the right person for this job. And I feel very honored to have both the Republican and the Democratic 
democratic support. But the process was quite uh, simple. The president asked me if I wanted to serve my country. I said, if you win the presidency, I'll serve my country. At the time, I don't know if he thought he was going to win. I'm not sure I thought he was going to win. Uh, you know, six, you nine, know. 12 months later, yeah. he's president of the United States. And his team called me and said, uh, do you want to serve? We really would like you to serve. The president would like you to serve. Wow. And I said, uh, it would be my honor, of course, to serve. And then the president called me personally and asked me if I would come to Singapore. Of course, my only answer would be yes. Uh, I didn't know what I was saying yes to, frankly, yeah. because <laughs> I knew a lot about diplomacy, but obviously had never been an ambassador. I'm an entrepreneur. Uh, that's why I dress like this, to remind myself I'm an entrepreneur. Usually I wear this pin to remind myself I'm also an ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> I need to remember both. I need to remember both. So if you forget today, you need to remind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, look at me. That's why I need to put it on someone else. <laughs> so after you're nominated, then you go through quite a complicated process where you work with the Senate. They advise and consent. And so you work with them to understand what the Senate wants, what the legislative branch of our country wants for our mm. country. They ask you questions about if you're the ambassador, how will you behave? What will be your solution to this problem? What do you think about this issue? And if you're able to answer all their questions and you're able to satisfy all of the Senate to agree to have you become uh, the president's right. representative in this country, then... Then you, so there's uh, a test of sorts. Yeah, sort of there's a test. It's not written. It's more of like a verbal, yeah. like an interview. And uh, there's actual several tests. First, you go through a committee. And the committee then um, makes a decision to uh, put you forward towards the whole Senate. And then the Senate will, will vote on your, right. on okay. your nomination. So you also, Singapore plays a role. They oh, have something, oh. There's something called agreement. And what agreement means, agreement, and it means, oh. that, uh, <laughs> okay. and it means that the person the president is suggesting to become the ambassador, how does the country feel about that? Right. Okay. Do they think I would be a good fit for? So the country gets a decision. The president, of course, gets the biggest decision. He gets to make the choice of who he wants to be his representative. And then the Senate will advise and consent. So therefore, the country knows that the person that is there has the full power and authority to make decisions on behalf of the United States, on behalf of the president, and be the president's representative in the country. I heard that there's also a test that you need to take, like the Foreign Service Officer test. What does that entail? Uh, uh, that's an interesting that question. very official. Yeah, I'm very He's lucky I didn't have to take that test. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't think I could pass that test. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. So <laughs> <laughs> Stop right there. Like this video and comment down below. What do you think you would recommend to a US tourist? Comment down below. Zoo. <laughs> Back to the episode. Gum. My colleagues in the embassy have all taken the Foreign Service exam and they've become Foreign Service officers. And they're what's known as career Foreign Service officers. And so they can become ambassadors and they can be appointed by the president, but it's a different process. Right. So we have two types of ambassadors in the United States of America. The first is a political appointee. And that person doesn't have to take the Foreign Service exam. They do have to ah. go to Foreign Service Institute and learn how to be an ambassador. Mm. But they don't have to take that exam. And then there's a career mm. Foreign Service officer who decides at some point in their life they want to serve the country the same way they might want to join the military. And they take an exam, which is 
quite difficult uh, and quite comprehensive. And then they have a career. And it might be 10, 20, 30 years before they have a chance to, to become an ambassador if they do their job incredibly well, uh, just like a general, just like um, you know, a pilot. Uh, you, know, you have to uh, go through the ranks, as they say. And foreign service officers do that with the ultimate goal for many of them, not all of them, but for many of them to become an ambassador. It, it's similar to having elected individuals for public office and then we have the public service. Oh. 100%. Exactly, 100%. But when you were asked whether you were interested in being an ambassador for the US, did you know that you were going to come to Singapore? Ooh. That's uh, a great question. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to do something where the president trusted me, where the country I was in trusted me, and where I could add value. And there were very few countries that fit that mold oh. perfectly. And the president actually made the decision. I did not say to him, I want to come to Singapore. I want mm. to go to Japan. I want to go to China. He said, he wants me to come to Singapore and here's the reasons why. Why? And, yeah, uh, awesome. Uh, why? Yeah. Uh, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's three reasons, three main reasons. One, I think being an entrepreneur, uh, I think that he believed that the Singaporean government and the Singaporean people would have respect for me because I know what Singapore went through as a country. You started out with essentially nothing and you became one of the greatest countries in the world. Well, that's what entrepreneurs do. They start out with nothing and hopefully they build a business that is changing people's lives, making them money, uh, creating lots of jobs, you know, doing mm. lots of good things. So that's probably number one. Number two, he trusted me. So <laughs> he trusted me. And this is a long way away. Yeah. Yeah, it's a long way away to be here. It's not mm. like Canada. Canada is quite close, you know, so... He so wants, he put the one he least trusts in Canada. No, no. Ambassador Cohen is amazing. Ambassador Cohen is amazing. Shout out to Ambassador Cohen. We welcome you, Singapore. Yeah, he needs to come to Singapore. I love Ambassador Cohen. So I think that's you know I think that's number two and number three. I love food and Singapore is amazing for food. No, that's not number three. I believe you. So Singapore food. <laughs> I think you've mentioned that you're an entrepreneur and actually when I googled you you're actually quite impressive so <laughs> based on the wikipedes but you're wondering whether she's being nice because you are yeah because I'm your ambassador yeah. or is it she, you know stay tuned <laughs> so you founded Pure Digital Technologies which invented the flip video camera mm. you were Damn. the founder and CEO of Family Wonder which was acquired by Sega and so you became president and CEO of Sega.com wow. their online games arm for a while Mm. And then you also founded a chain of grilled cheese sandwich restaurants. Yum. <laughs> and then you were also the co-founder and chairperson of Education Superhighway, which is a non-profit organization that brought high-speed internet to more than 49 million children wow. in America. The internet. Rage. But you can see his whole wow. life stage, wow. you know? Oh, like, but he started yeah, yeah, doing yeah, yeah, the non-profit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, in, in this sequence of how yeah. you, you do tech first because you want to get rich, you were chasing money. Then after that, you start... <laughs> Then after that, you, you, you start looking at the things that you like now that you have money. Then the self-actualization. <laughs> yeah. John's my therapist. <laughs> John doesn't even believe in therapy. <laughs> no, therapy is good. Ther I mean, the world is crazy now. Therapy is okay. I agree. Okay, okay. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. 
Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Would you say it's a very different life? Like, because now you're also so busy, right? And I would imagine back then it would be the same. Is it a different kind of rigor? Yeah, it's much heavier. Yeah, before it's like if you fail, okay. Now if you fail, safety <gasps> and security of America and safety and security of Singapore. Right. Prosperity for tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people. So quite a heavy job now. What would you say is um, the most challenging crisis that you've had to handle so far? Mm. If you're able well, the to war share. in Ukraine has really been very, very tough. You know, Russia just invading and killing people. It's really murder. It's, more, it's not a war, it's murder. These things are quite challenging. And then how does a country like Singapore, where it's not really in their backyard, right? I mean, this is far away. Europe's far away. Middle East is far away. But, you know, Singapore has to recognize, and I think they do, that the world is interconnected now. Globalization has made it so that people in Singapore do care what's happening in the Middle East. They do care what's happening in Europe. And so it's quite challenging to balance all of these difficult things that are happening in the world with the everyday desire to let those things happen and focus on making more money or focus on more people to people ties or focusing all the on the great you know, podcasts we're doing. Like, I didn't want to come here and talk about Ukraine and Russia or, or Israel and Hamas, but I have to. Like, of course, it's, you have to think about this every day. Is this not a job for the ambassador that is, say, in Ukraine or in Russia? Say, uh, if there are Americans there, maybe they're helping to transport them out and get them back to the US, right? But here in far away Singapore, how are you then involved in that? With regard to transport and things of that nature, I mean, we are the medevac site for all of uh, Southeast Asia. So if anything happens to uh, an American citizen, to a soldier, even to to some of our partner mm. citizens and friends, we bring them here to Singapore Ooh. because of the oh. incredible medical situation uh, and, and medical environment that you have here. Great doctors and great right. hospitals. So even though it feels like you're not involved, you're not in Russia, you're not in Ukraine, you're not in, in Israel, we are quite involved every day. Right. You mentioned that you represent the president and probably what the administration's like stance and position is for quite a lot of issues. Has there been instances in which you've disagreed with the administration's position? Yes. But it's not my job to disagree sure. with the administration's position publicly. Right, when I disagree right. with the administration's position, I go and sit down with the administration, sometimes even uh, with the senior leadership, sometimes mm. even with the president. And I tell him, here's why I think what you're thinking about doesn't make sense. Now, can I disagree with his position in the Middle East? Yes, of course. But frankly, that's not really, I don't have enough information to really be able to disagree with his position in the Middle East. But can I disagree with someone's position with regard to our relationship with Singapore? A hundred percent. Because frankly, I probably know more about the United States relationship with Singapore than any other person in the whole world. Mm. So mm. I think my opinion should have some weight. Yeah. I talk to your ministers every day. I talk to the businesses that are here every day. We have you know, 30,000 Americans or more here. We have 5,700 wow. U.S. companies here, hundreds Ooh. of billions of dollars of investment here. And this is what I do every day. So if somebody decides they want to make a decision about the U.S. relationship with Singapore and I don't like it or I don't think it makes sense, mm. of course I'm going to talk to them. Is mm. this the first time you've had to live overseas for such an extended period of time? Yes, I've never lived outside of America. I love America. I love San Francisco <laughs> and here I am in Singapore. 
It's very hot here. <laughs> <laughs> and you were wearing layers. <laughs> yeah, you can take it off. No so, problem. Yeah, dry feet. <laughs> He's wearing dry feet. Here, I mean. And so, then what was your partner's reaction to having to move out here with you? So she's okay. <laughs> she was fine moving to Singapore? Yeah, yeah, she's okay. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> she likes the food, the people. She likes hot weather. No problem. She likes hot weather? <laughs> she loves hot weather. Wow, wow. Yeah, I don't understand. I feel like when <laughs> Americans say they want warmer climate, they're not talking about this warmer. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, talking about 22 degrees. <laughs> Celsius. Celsius. For our American audience, we want to make sure we go with uh, imperial metrics. <laughs> <laughs> so living in America your job aside, right? Like mm. just as a citizen, what would you say is the biggest difference living in the US and living here? Mm. Well, there's a lot of differences. I think one thing that the Singaporeans can be very proud of is the trust that they have in their government and the relationship and respect that the government has with its citizens. And I'd say in America right now, democracy has its real benefits for our country, but it also is messy. Not everyone feels the government is doing the right thing. The trust of the government is not always where we want it to be. Right. There's a lot of misinformation and disinformation in America. America. And I think many Americans might look to Singapore and think, wow, it's amazing that you can have all these different religions, all these different races, all these different colored skins and all these different things. And you can still all trust the government. And that's a very special thing that Singapore has. And it's something that America is always striving for. Mm -hmm. And it's something we always want to have. But because we are so free and because democracy is so complicated, I think, and we're so big, such a big country, uh, and we have so many different opinions, not everyone always trusts the government. And because they don't trust the government, it can be difficult for the government to get things done. In Singapore, when the government says wear a mask, nobody argues. We have about four people that argue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's like four, you know, but... In America, you say wear a mask. They think I don't want to wear a mask. You're taking away my freedom. Why should I wear a mask? I don't believe, you know. And yeah. these opinions are all very, very valid. I did, or maybe. But okay, okay. <laughs> maybe yeah. I can't be one to judge whether yeah. someone's opinion is valid. It's their opinion, mm. right? So I mean. Do I know that a mask will help them not get COVID? A hundred percent. Can mm. I tell them that they have to wear the mask? I can't, mm. right? Because it's America. We have our freedoms. Mm. And I wish that they would listen to me, but, <laughs> but I don't have that luxury in America, you know? Having lived here for a while, I mean, in your experience, in your job role as well, right? What do you think is something that Singapore could learn from the US and vice versa? US mm. could learn from Singapore. Uh, I do think that what Singapore has to recognize, and I know that they do, mm. is that the youth of the country is the future of the country and they need to listen to their youth. They need to understand what their youth wants because mm. it's their country. And sometimes the youth doesn't want what their parents want. Learning that freedoms are important, learning that there's more to life than just making money, learning that there's some benefit to giving back. Um, you know, I think your president, uh, Tharman, just recently talked more about philanthropy he talked about sport mm. as an example. Mm. The importance of sport in society. America has understood this for, you know, for centuries, that sport <laughs> is really important. Uh, and I think Singapore can learn from these kinds of things because there is more to people want to, like they want to volunteer in the Peace Corps or they want to help out their fellow citizens. Or they, It's mm. not just about always having a great job, creating a great family, making a lot of money, rinse and repeat. I think that's very true. But when you are one of the wealthiest countries in the world, there's more that they will want. I think America can teach Singapore a lot about that. Separately, I think Singapore can teach America a whole ton of things about efficiency in government, about uh, um, 
processes by which you can um, help your population understand what's right and wrong about uh, technologies and um, you know, just there's so many, there's so many things about how to make good luxa. I mean, there's so many things that, that Singapore can teach America. Is that your, sure. your favorite thing? If you One got of it. my favorite things. Right. It's Karen's favorite thing. My partner Karen's okay. favorite thing. <laughs> what are some of your favorite things about Singapore? Mm. What are like the three yeah, foods yeah. that I must try? Like I would take them for oyster omelette at uh, you know, oh. East Coast Road. Wow. That, you, know, that's, mm. you know, that's what I would do. Not bad. You know? Non-cliche answer. Yeah, 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 yeah. At least you never said <laughs> no pasta. Yeah, I would stay away from chicken rice i know i shouldn't say this but Ooh. i mean come on chicken rice it's all right yeah it's all right of course you never go to correct no there's too many so <laughs> too many miss chicken rice and it's cliche oyster omelette is a good one yeah that's what one I place do. to visit gardens by the bay hands down amazing hands down yeah the no, reason no i say hands down because it's air-conditioned it's a great in between <laughs> but i think botanical gardens amazing i love going around um you know, McRitchie Reservoir. I love going to... Um, I love nature places. Yeah, mm. nature places I like for sure. Mm. But, you know, when you go to Gardens by the Bay, you get a lot of things. You get, uh, you know, a whole view of the city. If you go to the top of mm. the super trees, you get to see... Uh, Avatar right now but it's going away at the end of the year but you get to see Avatar in, uh, kind of I cool. feel like you know more than me yeah. <laughs> you get all of Singapore in one place in one place in one gardens by the bay I get all of Singapore I've never yeah. even been up the flower dome <laughs> seriously seriously okay if I were to visit the US tomorrow for the first time yeah. one city I must go to New York Yeah. Which, sure. which city are you from? Well, I, I was born in New York, but I've lived in uh, San Francisco for more than 30 years. Oh, And I think San Francisco is the best city in America. This is my own But you're opinion. not recommending me to go to San Francisco. Well, you can only go to one. You have to go to New York. Come on. Why? It's New York. <laughs> it's, New York. it's amazing. Everything is in New York. I mean, eat the $1 pizza. Best, yeah. best pizza in New York. Ooh. Uh, I would say probably John's. John's in the village. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you should follow me on social media. It's USAMBSG, United States Ambassador SG. And you can see when I go to New York what pizza I like. You can see what books okay. I like. You can see when I go to Gardens by the Bay. Travel influencer. Then you can, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. a diplomat, diplomat here. <laughs> you got TikTok. <laughs> I like show very much, but I don't have TikTok. Can't, you thought about it though, right? Your team, your team has, has told you that what? you need to think about your TikTok presence. Uh, and right now, US and TikTok is having some yeah. challenges. Oh, that's true. What a good excuse yeah. to not have a TikTok account. Yeah, you were trying to sidestep that. that I'm yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you pulled me right in. You just pulled me right in. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm cut this part. <laughs> You've talked a little bit about Avatar being at, 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 um, the, the Gardens by the Bay and Avatar is obviously an American product, yeah. right? Also, um, how involved are you when like there are American brands or, or, or talents or ex coming into to Singapore? Uh, well, I'm the ambassador, so I take credit for everything. Nice. Yes. You take credit for Taylor Swift? Yeah, of course. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thank you. 100%. But how involved were you, though? Thank you for bringing In her. which one? In Are you Avatar or Taylor Swift? Like, say, say, Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift very involved, yes. Oh, how can, can because you can't going. get Taylor Swift to come only to Singapore and not to the rest of oh. Southeast Asia without having some kind of convincing uh, person. Uh, well, I think more. No, you have to have a strategy for why it makes the most sense for her, and you have to have a government that's supportive of it. You have to have a company like AG who wants to work on mm. how to make these things possible, and we're going to create. 
one of the best experiences that Taylor Swift has ever had on the road. Wow. At the same time, we're going to bring Taylor Swift to all of these amazing Southeast Asians and Singaporeans. So it's going to be a win-win for everyone. But how much responsibility do you take for Ticketmaster? Angry. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yeah. He doesn't know. He doesn't know. He doesn't have to queue. <laughs> I, I mean, I have a Ticketmaster account. <laughs> uh, one last portion mm. is a test. A test? Since, oh. you, since you didn't have to take the FSOT, right? Yeah, okay. We are creating There must own. be a test since you are ambassador in Singapore. Uh. Have you picked up Singlish? Just la. Uh. And chop. <laughs> we heard chop. Oh yeah, chop. Yeah. Can I throw la. you some words and then you try to explain? And if you don't know, we, we are, it will educate you to assimilate you sure, better. Sure, let's do it. Let's okay. Do it, yeah. Bo <laughs> No idea. Use it, in a, use it in a sentence. She's okay, so confident. Hey, John and John went to watch movie uh, last night and didn't invite me. Bocho. That's not using a sentence. Yeah. 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 Why, why you bocho me? Maybe we should give him the test. <laughs> we'll do an English test for him. Yeah, what? <laughs> what do you call this? Yeah. Straw. <laughs> okay, so bo means don't have. Like ah. don't have. Then chio is like invite. So ah, don't have so the don't invite. Don't have invite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Wasn't invited. And which language is it now? It's Hokkien. Hokkien. Oh, so the next one which is not Hokkien. Ah. Lepak. Okay. 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 Use it in a sentence. <laughs> okay. Today I'm very busy. I just want to lepak. Mm. Improvement. Relax. Close. Yeah. Very close. I mean, it could work. Yeah, so it's exactly that. One. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's exactly that. Like chill. Yeah. 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 Relax. Nice. That's Malay. Ah, uh, that's Malay. Relax is Malay. Lepak. Uh, Lepak. Oh, Lepak. 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 You were speaking Malay all this while. I don't know. I don't know. A born with a talent. Love it. Okay. Okay. Last one. Uh, atas. <laughs> okay, I go, I go. Okay. Wow. Ah. wow, he wears a Rolex. So atas. Mm. Uh, like flex? Ooh. Not really. Oh. Along, along mm. those lines. Ah. Oh, okay, this restaurant is so high end. It's. I mean, it's a mistake. It's a mistake. So atas. Ah. High end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> This restaurant is, this so, is so easy. <laughs> Where were you when They're I was doing my university easy. exams? <laughs> you should have been my professor. I would have done great. I would be an ambassador someday. So thank you very much, uh, Mr. Yeah. Ambassador, for joining us today. We had a lot of fun. My heart. Like, share, subscribe, follow him on his Instagram. And we'll yeah. see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, see you. How about uh, Gostan? This one, this one, the origin is English. Can you use in a sentence? <laughs> in a very singlish sentence. Mm. You overshot already. Gostan. <laughs> the sentence itself is like yeah. Yeah. the English version. Yeah. I, I mm. context. You, 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 yeah. you're driving. Yeah. So you're driving and you, you overshot, overshot. Uh. already. Go stunt. English uh. origin. Uh. <laughs> no idea. You turn. Reverse. <laughs> yeah. Reverse. Yeah. 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 Go stunt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, reverse. Ah. I like that. Mm. I'm gonna uh. use these ones. I like. That. <laughs> <laughs>